Section 31 of A Treatise on Good Works. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Randy Carlson, Sacramento, California. A Treatise on Good Works by Martin Luther. Translated by Johann Michael Rau. Section 31. The four preceding commandments have their works in the understanding, that is, that they take a man captive, rule him, and make him subject, so that he rule not himself, approve not himself, think not highly of himself, but in humility know himself, and allow himself to be led, that pride be prevented. The following commandments deal with the passions and lust of men, that these also be killed. 1. The passions of anger and revenge, of which the fifth commandment says, Thou shalt not kill. This commandment has one work, which, however, includes many and dispels many vices, and is called meekness. Now this is of two kinds. The one has a beautiful splendor, and there is nothing back of it. This we practice toward our friends, and those who do us good and give us pleasure with goods, honor, and favor, or who do not offend us with words nor with deeds. Such meekness irrational animals have lions and snakes, Jews, Turks, knaves, murderers, bad women. These are all content and gentle when men do what they want, or let them alone. And yet there are not a few who, deceived by such worthless meekness, cover over their anger and excuse it, saying, I would indeed not be angry if I were left alone. Certainly, my good man, so the evil spirit also would be meek if he had his own way dissatisfaction and resentment overwhelm you in order that they may show you how full of anger and wickedness you are that you may be admonished to strive after meekness and to drive out anger the second form of meekness is good through and through that which is shown toward opponents and enemies does them no harm does not revenge itself does not curse nor revile does not speak evil of them does not meditate evil against them, although they have taken away goods, honor, life, friends, and everything. Nay, where it is possible, it returns good for evil, speaks well of them, thinks well of them, prays for them. Of this Christ says, Matthew 5, Do good to them that despitefully use you. Pray for them that persecute you and revile you. And Paul, Romans 12, Bless them which curse you, and by no means curse them, but do good to them. Behold how this precious, excellent work has been lost among Christians, so that nothing now everywhere prevails except strife, war, quarreling, anger, hatred, envy, backbiting, cursing, slandering, injuring, vengeance, and all manner of angry works and words, and yet, with all this, we have our many holidays, hear masses, say our prayers, establish churches, and more such spiritual finery, which God has not commanded. We shine resplendently and excessively as if we were the most holy Christians that ever were, and so because of these mirrors and masks we allow God's commandment to go to complete ruin, and no one considers or examines himself how near or how far he be from meekness and the fulfillment of this commandment. Although God has said that not he who does such works, but he who keeps his commandments shall enter into eternal life. 
Now, since no one lives on earth upon whom God does not bestow an enemy and opponent as a proof of his own anger and wickedness, that is, one who afflicts him in goods, honor, body, or friends, and thereby tries whether anger is still present, whether he can be well disposed toward his enemy, speak well of him, do good to him, and not intend any evil against him. Let him come forward who asks what he shall do that he may do good works, please God, and be saved. Let him set his enemy before him, keep him constantly before the eyes of his heart as an exercise whereby he may curb his spirit and train his heart to think kindly of his enemy, wish him well, care for him, and pray for him. And then, when opportunity offers, speak well of him and do good to him. Let him who will try this, and if he find not enough to do all his life long, he may convict me of lying and say that my contention was wrong. But if this is what God desires, and if he will be paid in no other coin, of what avail is it that we busy ourselves with other great works which are not commanded, and neglect this? Therefore God says, Matthew 5, I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his neighbor is in danger of the judgment, but whosoever shall say to his brother, Thou fool, that is, all manner of invective, cursing, reviling, slandering, he shall be in danger of everlasting fire. What remains then for the outward act, striking, wounding, killing, injuring, etc., if the thoughts and words of anger are so severely condemned? 3. But where there is true meekness, there the heart is pained at every evil which happens to one's enemy. And these are the true children and heirs of God and brethren of Christ, whose heart was so pained for us all when he died on the holy cross. Even so we see a pious judge passing sentence upon the criminal with sorrow and regretting the death which the law imposes. Here the act seems to be one of anger and harshness. So thoroughly good is meekness that even in such works of anger it remains, nay, it torments the heart most sorely when it must be angry and severe. But here we must watch that we be not meek contrary to God's honor and commandment. For it is written of Moses that he was the very meekest man on earth, and yet, when the Jews had worshipped the golden calf and provoked God to anger, he put many of them to death and thereby made atonement before God. Likewise, it is not fitting that the magistrates should be idle and allow sin to have sway, and that we say nothing. My own possessions, my honor, my injury, I must not regard, nor grow angry because of them. But God's honor and commandment we must protect, and injury or injustice to our neighbor we must prevent. The magistrates with the sword, the rest of us with reproof and rebuke, yet always with pity for those who have merited the punishment. This high, noble, sweet work can easily be learned if we perform it in faith and as an exercise of faith. For if faith does not doubt the favor of God nor question that God is gracious, it will become quite easy for a man to be gracious and favorable to his neighbor, however much he may have sinned. For we have sinned much more against God. Behold, a short commandment this, but it presents a long, mighty exercise of good works and of faith. End of section 31. Recording by Randy Carlson, Sacramento, California.